One of the most important uh, topics here that we have in the New Testament revelation that's given to us in the Word of God is the biblical topic of love. One of the most important, in fact, the Word of God tells us without love, we're nothing. So it's a very obviously important topic. Uh, however, when we read our Bibles, we do have a slight disadvantage because we read in English. We don't read the New Testament Conine Greek in the original language of the New Testament. Everything else is just a translation. And sometimes things get lost in translations in our understanding. Now, I'm not trying to imply here we all have to be Greek scholars to understand the Scriptures. Absolutely not. But we do need to examine it if we want to teach it correctly. So love here in the New Testament is one of those topics where we should go back to the original Greek to best understand what's written. So how about if we pray here? Father God, as we go into the Word of God today, Lord God, may we have a better understanding, Father, of the love that you are showing us, Father, the love Christ has brought us, the love, Father God, that you are in your nature, that, Lord God, we would live that out in everything we do to honor you. And we thank you for this in Jesus' name. Amen. So in English here, we got a little problem here. I love my car. I love my wife. I love to eat. That loses something somehow in understanding, doesn't it? That somehow is a very watered-down version of what love is supposed to be. So when somebody makes a statement like that, you have to obviously take each of these in context to understand what's being said of what love means. Obviously, I don't have a love for my car as I would for my wife. That's ridiculous, although some do. That's ridiculous. Uh, but love can be thrown around too easily here in our culture, in, in the English language, where it isn't really meant to be the way we're saying it to be. So anyway, the Greeks would not do this. They had very specific language by the time the New Testament was written, and they had uh, different words for love that meant different things specifically. So for the Greeks, uh, especially, the word love had, although there was more than, there were several of them, two were the predominant ones in the New Testament, and those are the words agape and phileo. Can I have slide one, please? I leave this up until we get to our first scripture. Um, Okay, so here we have, um, I want to concentrate on this for tonight. I want to speak on agape, the agape and phileo of love. I don't want to get too Greeky on you, but to be brief, agape here is a noun, agapeo is a verb, and phileo is a verb. But phileo can be a noun if it's in a compound word. So let's take a look at some of these here. Uh, for definitions, very brief. Who here has heard agape mentioned before? Some hands? Okay, go. Quite a few people. How about phileo? Ah, less people. Okay. Some though. Okay. All right, well, <clears throat> what we have here is, let's look at agape here. Agape has been called an unconditional love. We don't have to do anything to earn it or to keep it. It has nothing to do with performance on our part. Um, it's very, it's a very intensive love. It loves out of a nature. It's a nature to love. It's unselfish. Agape would die for you. Phileo tends to be the opposite. Phileo tends to be a performance-oriented love. 
Phileo is a conditional love, the opposite of agape. Uh, Phileo in our culture is best understood as friendship. I love my friend. I phileo my friend. So agape loves you if you don't love back. It still loves. Phileo will love you only if you love me back. I'll phileo you, but you have to phileo me back. That's how that works. Agape will love no matter what someone else does. Phileo will love because of what someone does. Very different. A phileo relationship can be broken. An agape love can never be broken because an agape lover will always love. Now, both of these words could be translated in English, love, but obviously they would mean very different things to our culture. So from now on tonight, I want to speak on love in using either of these words very specifically. Uh, Jesus went to the cross because of his agape for us. Jesus had a phileo relationship with his disciples, but phileo didn't send him to the cross. Agape sent him to the cross. So let's have some caution here. We don't want to have the view, agape, good, phileo, bad. We don't want to have that view. They're just different, but very both needed in the body of Christ for you and me. Uh, Let's have a handout for you here. What I did was, if you please help me here. Thank you. Oh, those wonderful people. They can't all get here fast enough. Praise the Lord. Got a handout for you. What I did was, we're going to show some of the scriptures up top there, but I wanted to interject the words agape and phileo at different times, and that they, I didn't want to make the people go wild here who put these scriptures up to have to work five times harder than they have to. <clears throat> so, excuse me. So, the, the handout has already that on it for you to make life easier. So, that's the why that handout is, is uh, done. You can tell when I interjected the words agape and phileo there. Now, just an FYI, what I do in my Bible is um, I take a green pen, because green stands out in the various colors you have in your Bible, and what I did was every place in the New Testament that had, uh, being that phileo is used far less than agape in the New Testament, every time phileo is used, I would write that word in Greek right next to the word love, so I know what I'm looking at when I'm reading. Uh, And if, so being phileo is used less, agape is assumed, so if I see the word love, I assume it's agape or agapeo, and I would have to interject phileo so I know what I'm reading. So that's what we're doing right here. Oh, I should take mine out too. All right, so let's go here to the first scripture here, 1 John chapter 4, verse 8. And it says, you've heard this before, God is love. But what love? Agape. God is agape. God agapes us all the time. However, What we need to find tonight is that God wants a phileo relationship with us as well. He wants a friendship relation with us. If you look in the New Old Testament, only Abraham is called friend of God because he was in covenant with God. Jesus made a covenant with us, and in John chapter 15, he calls his disciples friends. And of course, he's referring in general to the entire body of Christ that would believe on him because of their testimony has been over the centuries. So the Lord wants a friendship with us as well. Father God in the Holy Spirit uh, wants to uh, phileo us, and he wants us to phileo him. So my intimacy with the Father 
through the Holy Spirit becomes this new phileo relationship that this world has never known because Jesus went to the cross and rose from the dead, that I could have a relationship with the Father. So at the resurrection, Jesus made this new phileo relationship possible for us. This is an amazing New Testament revelation that had not existed prior to the Messiah coming. Only Abraham was called friend of God. So after we get saved, Holy Spirit pursues with us a phileo relationship with us. But we haven't been so nice. We have sinned very often and have broken that phileo relationship. There used to be an old um, example years ago, Baptist examples, real good. We have two connections to God. Uh, one is our relationship and one is our fellowship. We won't break that relationship because he knows how to keep us. Amen? No one can snatch us out of his hands. But phileo, if we sin, gets broken. That's why we have to go to the blood of Jesus to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. That phileo can be restored. So that, that phileo relationship we have with the Father is fragile because he won't fellowship with sin. He won't tolerate it. And therefore, we are then not in fellowship with him. I'm in relationship with him, but not in fellowship. And we, of course, we want to be in fellowship. Right? How many parents have—don't raise your hands—how many parents have had the difficulty where, well, they're still my son and my daughter, and I'll always love them, even though they're a nudge. I'll still always love them. Why? What are they talking about when they say that? Because they've broken filial relationship. They want it restored, but they'll still always be my son and my daughter, and I'll always love them. Same thing. Father God will always be in relationship with us because of Jesus, and we've called on the name of the Lord. But he wants a relationship with us as well, and that can be broken from sin. So, look more on this now with Jesus here, on your scriptures here. John chapter 20, this is regarding uh, the, the women that are coming from uh, the uh, resurrected uh, tomb that's empty, and they're running here. And uh, so she outran uh, and came to Simon Peter and to the other disciple whom Jesus loved, Phileo. And said to him, they've taken the Lord from the tomb. We do not know where they put him. So this talks here of John was loved by Jesus in a phileo love. Next scripture here, we have John chapter 13, verse 23. At the Last Supper, lying back on Jesus' chest was one of his disciples whom Jesus agaped. How about that? So John and Jesus had both an agape and a phileo love relationship. They had both, agape here in chapter 13 and phileo in chapter 20. And it was when one was better than the other, they had both, which is, I think, a foreshadow of what our relationship with the Messiah is supposed to be after he's risen from the dead. Let's move on here. In John chapter 16, verse 27, Jesus is speaking, obviously, it's read, and he says, for the Father himself, uh, uh, for the Father himself loves phileo you, because you have loved phileoed me, and have believed that I have come forth from the Father. So here we learn from the original Greek that if we phileo Jesus, the Father will enter into a phileo relationship with us. This is beyond agape here now. Something's happening where my gosh, how can you use the words, I'm God's friend? But that's what that means. Wow, that the almighty God of the universe would want to have a friendship with me. 
if I believe in Jesus, confess him from my mouth, I enter into a relationship with the Trinity that was never possible. Again, the only one in the Bible ever mentioned as friend of God prior to this was Abraham because Jehovah God was in covenant with Abraham. So here now, Jesus, who is Jehovah God, comes and uh, ratifies the covenant that he has with Abraham, and now that's now available to us. We now can be friend of God. Good stuff. So what we have here is we need to grow in our love for God out of, uh, and become a, uh, have a mature uh, phileo relationship. Uh, we need to grow into agape that we were always meant to have. When we get saved, um, we utter phileo love to God real easily. But as we mature in the Spirit, we act out agape love for God. Agape love has to be matured in us from God. It doesn't start immediately with us. Consider the martyrs that have gone to their deaths. These are people who had a mature agape love for God because they lived it out to their death. They had a devotion to Him, an unconditional love for the Father. That's amazing. Phileo love would not have done that. An agape love certainly would. They have grown to that point. Now let's look at a real classic here on this next set of scriptures. John chapter 21, verses 15 through 17. Here Jesus has risen from the dead. He uh, now appears before Simon, and, uh, and John's there, and they're going to have breakfast. And, uh, and it says here in verse 15, when they had finished breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love agape me more than these, the other ones there? He said, oh, yes, Lord, you know that I phileo you. He didn't answer him correctly. You know that I phileo you. He said to him, all right, tend my lambs. Jesus said to him for the second time, Simon, son of John, do you love agape me? He said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I phileo you. Still didn't answer the question. Shepherd my sheep. He said to him for the third time, Simon, son of John. Now look what Jesus does. Do you love phileo me? Peter was hurt because he asked him for the third time, do you phileo me? And he said to him, Lord, you know all things. You know that I phileo you. Then Jesus said to him, tend my sheep. You got a lot of things happening here. Uh, first of all, as you know, Peter denied Jesus three times, breaking phileo love. Jesus here gives Peter an opportunity three times to renew that phileo love. But Jesus wants him to walk in an agape love, and Peter's not there yet. How about that? So we see here in the first time, he says, tend my lambs. Uh, this is a picture, this is like a side story here. Uh, lambs or sheep here. This is a little side story. Lambs require constant care. It's a picture of new believers. However, the next time he says sheep, and sheep uh, know how to eat for themselves. If you point them in the right direction, they can manage on their own as long as the shepherd is there to guide him in the right direction. You don't uh, tend them, care for them, you shepherd them because they know how to walk for themselves. Third time here, uh, we see uh, 
where he tells them, he tells Peter to tend his sheep, which is the care part again that you would do for lambs. Because he's speaking here prophetically saying, and these sheep will die for me. They're going to need, they're going to be persecuted. They're going to need tender, loving care as you would do for the lambs because of the great sacrifice they're going to make. As we go on here, um, it goes on to tell us, of course, as we continue to read these scriptures, um, that Peter is trying to lead Peter into a mature love of serving out of agape love. Peter's just not there. He's still stuck on friendship love, phileo, because he denied Jesus and he wants that friendship restored. Here, the third time Peter, uh, Jesus comes down to Peter's level and restores that friendship uh, love. And um, it's like as if uh, Peter is saying to Jesus, I don't have an agape love for you now, but I have a phileo love for you that I want restored. So we see here that uh, John and Jesus had this mature agape and phileo love relationship. Peter didn't. He only knew deep phileo. And, but he still had to grow in agape. So when you're reading this section on a little further here, uh, as you go beyond uh, verse 17, which we don't have here, uh, is that Jesus is trying to lead Peter into what Peter's future one day will be. That will be that he will give his life for the gospel. And when that happens, he'll have that agape love of Peter's devotion that he's asking Peter for here. Peter does eventually grow into that agape love and, and sacrifices his life rather than deny Christ. He didn't start there, though. And that's good news for all of us. We don't start there. When you think about it, becoming born again is a very selfish experience for us. The Lord has everything to offer me. I have nothing to offer him. I'll take it. But sooner or later, selfishness has to die in me. Sooner or later, I have to go to the cross. And sooner or later, I have to start to grow in my relationship to the Lord. Yes, he wants a phileo relationship with me, but he's fostering agape in my heart, that I would walk as, in, as Jesus did with the agape, right? Christian means little Christ. We are to walk in that agape relationship as Jesus uh, brought that to us. So here, Peter one day would get that agape. He didn't have it at that time, but Jesus had to lead him into it. So we see here that, um, as I said before, um, when we mature in Christ, we leave behind Jesus, my friend, and start to yield to a life that has the acts of agape, where my whole being is committed to you, Lord, no matter what happens, no matter what would come my way. I am in an agape relationship with you. Doesn't start there, but that's where we should be going. We need to be living lives where fellowship with the Lord is so important to us that we find an agape life of service for him. Right? Phileo is very selfish. I like you, you like me, we, we get along fine. Don't encroach upon that too much. But agape will demand your life from you. Jesus doesn't want to just be your Lord. He wants your life. He wants your soul. He wants all of you. Nothing gets held back. We don't start there. We can't handle that. But we grow in that. Where we become less, as John the Baptist said, we become less and he becomes more. We're all going to how low will we go in this life, so how high I would uh, rise in the kingdom of God. What will I do to be the servant of the Lord? What will I do to be the agape of God to this world? If you think about it, you know, if you're a believer in Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you're the only Jesus this world is ever going to see. 
You're the only flesh and blood Jesus that this world is ever going to know. And uh, if they don't know him through your love, they won't. I mean, God is good in preaching the gospel. Look at me wrong. But it's knowing through our love. Not a selfish love, but an unselfish love where people's lives really matter and we show it by the grace that God gives us. So a God agapes us. We can't agape God on our own. He brings us a grace of life that we could live a life of agape. First, Father God gives us agape when we get born again. We have the new nature of love. It is a fruit of our recreated human spirit. Um, I don't have it here on the overhead to show you, but on your paper there, but uh, Galatians chapter 5 verse 22 says that the fruit of the Spirit is love. That's agape. Now, I'll be careful here uh, if you don't know this. When you're reading your Bible, the original scriptures were, had no capitalization and no punctuation. They were put there by very nice people to try to help us in the Middle Ages. You had to assume when you were reading, is this a capital or a, or a small letter that you were reading? So when we have where it says the fruit of the Spirit is love, is that a capital S, Holy Spirit? Doesn't say holy. Or is it Spirit small s, meaning my recreated human spirit? The Holy Spirit doesn't produce fruit. We produce fruit. So more than likely, our translators, are, a lot of them were not born-again people. They were just very brilliant in Greek and Hebrew. Uh, they, on almost every Bible translation you'll see, S is, has a capital S. The fruit of the capital S, assuming Holy Spirit, is love. Actually, it's a small S. The fruit of my recreated human spirit is love. God sheds a agape love in my heart and then follows the joy, peace, and patience. Those are all fruits of my human spirit, not fruits of Holy Spirit. And some translations do get it correctly, but they're very rare. Um, so, you know, when we're reading in the New Testament and we see the word spirit, we have to first stop and say, is this Holy Spirit or my recreated human spirit? And based on the context, it should tell us what we're talking about. Holy Spirit doesn't bear fruit, we bear fruit. He doesn't need to bear fruit. Fruit means it's coming from uh, something that's being done to produce a product. We are, the, we are the fruit bearers in this world from generation to generation for the kingdom of God. And because of the love of God put in me, I'm able to bear fruit for the kingdom of God. So the fruit of my recreated human spirit is love, right? As soon as we're born again, we all of a sudden have a love in us that we never had before. That's the spirit of God putting agape in my heart, my recreated human spirit. And of course, if you remember the verse, uh, it has a love, joy, peace, patience, uh, that really should be a colon after the word love, because a colon means anything to the right of it comes out of what's to the left of it. The fruit of the human spirit is love, agape. Everything else comes out of agape. Those are all fruits out of the agape recreated human spirit. So, when people get born again, they have a new nature of love, right? All of a sudden, a peace and a joy come to them that they've never known before. And it kind of stops right there because the rest of it takes time. That patience part, the forbearance part, that all takes time as we become blessed and Christ becomes greater in us. We're growing in a new phileo love relationship with the Father. He's changing us. 
the selfish person I was before I got born again is dying. And there's a new man inside of me, a new creation in Christ Jesus that is starting to grow with a new nature of agape love. And out of that nature of agape love, I'll find the joy, the peace, the patience, etc. So here we have um, the fruit of the human spirit is love, agape love. Um, and that is, oh, I, didn't, I, didn't have, I didn't have that scripture on there. Okay, let's go to the next one. Uh, Romans 5.5. 5. Because of love, agape, of God has been poured out within our hearts through Holy Spirit who was given to us. So, Father God has put agape in my heart to start me out, and I'm expected to grow in that. And when I'm supposed to enter into a new phileo relationship with the Father, because of this agape love He's put in my heart. Agape cannot come natural to me without the Father. Phileo comes natural to me but not agape. I have to grow in this new relationship of friendship with the Father. And the Father has to grow this agape in me, so I come into this new phileo relationship that pursues Him. See, that's why it's so very important when we hear comments like, uh, or prophecies that say, uh, come and uh, fellowship with me, uh, come and spend time with me, um, uh, enter in my presence. The Lord God wants a relationship with us. He doesn't want us to be robots that just repeat scriptures. He wants a loving relationship with us. We have to spend time in his presence. What are we doing? We're building a phileo love relationship with the Father. That's very important. That's why prayer is so vitally important uh, when it comes to uh, relationship. All prayer is in two broad categories. It's either warfare against the enemy or it's addressing the Father. All prayer will fit into one of those two categories. Declaring things that the Father needs declared, warfare against the evil one, or our relationship with the Father. He wants a relationship with us, that we, that we would be uh, the little Christ, the little Christians growing here on this earth. Uh, I remember one time, and not everybody gets that. I was, I was really shocked and amazed. Back in the 90s, I, I went to a Christian counseling conference in Georgia, and it was run by pretty much by fundamentalists. And uh, they were really experts in this area of Christian counseling that I was going to. And the guy who ran this conference, I won't mention his name, he was very, very well known. And uh, an absolutely brilliant man, wrote many books on Christian counseling. And he was talking about prayer, and I couldn't believe what he said. He said, prayer is a one-way conversation. God doesn't talk back. And I looked at him. He says, prayer is our petitions going to him, and that's it. Nothing more. He doesn't respond. And I went, what? You've got to be kidding me. You're this smart, and you don't get this right? God doesn't talk to us? Have you read the New Testament? See, unfortunately, when we don't pursue the things of the Spirit, we'll intellectualize everything. And that's exactly what he did. He was a brilliant intellect, and that's what he did with prayer. He turned it into an intellectual pursuit, and that's not what it is meant for. We're meant to have a relationship with the Father. Isn't that amazing? I don't remember much from that conference at all now. <laughs> In fact, oddly enough, that was the weekend, I think, that the O.J. verdict was um, uh, kind of came forth. That's the thing I remember that weekend. <laughs> the rest of the conference, I don't remember much of it. But anyway— um, <clears throat> Wow, 
How can we miss such a thing? We need a relationship with the Father. He wants, he craves a relationship with me. With me. What in the world would he want to do with me? He wants a phileo relationship with me. He's put that agape in my heart that I would grow in that and be one that could be used of him in my days, that his love would be seen through me. Isn't that absolutely amazing? He desires to know us. So I would just encourage you, if you haven't started some type of a personal uh, prayer life where you're having intimacy with the Lord, building a, a quiet time, a relationship with the Lord, boy, start now. Start small and grow because the Lord is waiting. He's always waiting for us. He's always very patient. Uh, and when we finally get it together, we really start to grow in Christ. So many things in life, right, rob our time. So many things in life rob our time with the Lord, rob our time within the presence of the Lord that we think are important, but are probably not very important at all in the eyes in the light of eternity. How much time we waste uh, in not pursuing the things of the Lord, really. Uh, TV, I think, is a big robber of our time. Uh, media, it just, it just robs time from the presence of the Lord. And I haven't arrived. I'm learning. Uh, it's, it's just so serious. So, also we need to consider here, if we need to want to receive guidance from Holy Spirit, we need to cultivate a relationship with Him that's a phileo relationship in the Spirit, where we have intimacy and make sure we don't break it with intentional sin. Uh, like I mentioned before in the, in the Baptist illustration with the two lines, um, if we break phileo by sin, we can repent and have that relationship restored. But if we continue in stubborn, selfish sin, God stops talking to us. And when we've repented and broken that habit of habitual sin, guess what? He picks up the conversation right where he left off. Father God is very patient with us, always waiting, always wanting to sit with us and talk with us. That's an amazing thing. Now in James chapter 4 here, we have the picture, I don't have it on your scripture here, she but we have the picture of um, God wanting to draw near to us if we draw near to Him. If we draw near, a phileo love relationship is happening. Right? Father's uh, phileo love is moving towards us to take the time, for us to take the time to pursue a fellowship love for Him. So our phileo doesn't discard agape. Agape matures our phileo. We grow into that unconditional love for the Father. Am I doing okay? You getting me? I'm not confusing anybody, am I? Am I doing all right? Shouldn't be hard stuff. Okay. Your next scripture here, on, I think it's on the back of your page. Uh, 2 Peter chapter uh, 1. This is a really cool area to look at. And it just so happens to perfectly coincide with what I'm talking about tonight. First uh, Peter chapter 1 here. Uh, yeah, 2 Peter, sorry. 2 Peter chapter 1, we're going to go in the middle of it in verses 5 to 9. So here's Peter talking to us. I guess a guy who at this point has got it when it came to phileo love. And it says here, for this very reason also, applying all diligence in your faith, supply moral excellence. In your moral excellence, knowledge. In your knowledge, self-control. In your self-control, perseverance. In your perseverance, godliness. In your godliness, brotherly kindness, and in your brotherly kindness, love. 
For if these qualities are yours and increasing, they do not make you useless nor unproductive in the true knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. For the one who lacks these qualities is blind and short-sighted, having forgotten his purification from his former sins. Wow. Peter gets into some heavy stuff here. Uh, this is a great set of verses to meditate on and study as a believer. If you're looking for sections of Scripture to dwell on, this is one you want to dwell on. This is an important set here. Peter shows us here how to participate in God's nature. So due to the previous verses, by the time we get here to verses 5 to 7, it starts with that we start with faith and we end up in love. And then verses 8 and 9 here, what we just looked at, um, Peter tells us an amazing thing that if we don't get this, we're spiritually blind. Wow. That's how Peter can be heavy. Wow. So for us tonight, the ending here on verse 7 is a key to what message I'm sharing. Peter writes that we need to add to our faith out of the Amplified Bible in verse 7, for in your brotherly affection, develop Christian love. Out of the Revised Standard Bible in 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 7, it says, brotherly affection, Philadelphia. Love, agape. So I remember what I had mentioned when, phil uh, when phileo is combined with another word in a compound, it becomes a noun. Here it becomes the word Philadelphia, which means in English, brotherly love. In fact, that city could learn that right now very much. Never mind. And then also agape. So we have phileo and agape here uh, mentioned together as part of these qualities that we want to have. So here we have two different kinds of love mentioned in the same verse. Agape and phileo. Phileo is a compound. That's Philadelphia. Our love walk, uh, we, we learn from Galatians chapter 5 verse 6 that our faith walking through love. So faith and love had that tremendous connection here. But here also we have to remember um, if we go on to verse 11, and I, I did have verse 11 here, Peter goes on to say, for in this way, the entrance into the kingdom, eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ will be abundantly supplied to you. This is an amazing thing that said, our entrance into heaven one day. This is wild. Most people in verses 5 to 7, they teach this, that it's a ladder. It's like rungs of a ladder that you're climbing, and that's fine. Nothing wrong with that. But in the New Testament Greek here, in verse 5, if you look back to verse 5, it says, oh, I have it here, in your faith supply. This is wild in the original Greek because the word supply here is a musical term. What? A musical term? Peter isn't illustrating a ladder here. He's illustrating members of an orchestra coming together. Wild. Greek scholars have called this the chorus of faith. Faith being the chorus leader of an orchestration. How about that? It implies, and I think it's fine to say, when a believer enters heaven, heaven's band shows up to welcome them. And the band strikes up a song. Pastor Walt one time taught him this. He had this joke. He said, so I guess if you haven't done much in the kingdom of God, you don't get heaven's band show up. Probably just some guy with a harmonica. I thought that was good. 
So if you like it, you thank him. If you don't like it, banjo. Ban banjo. Absolutely a banjo. Banjos are not in hell. I want to emphasize that. As one who plays five-string banjo, banjos are not in hell. Remember that. It's a heavenly, heavenly instrument. So here we have love. Uh, because of faith here is now, uh, faith is that orchestra leader putting this all together. And our love is the cap end of it that allows us to be the complete walk of the Father that we were always meant to have this side of heaven. Here's the next scripture we have here in John chapter uh, 13, verse uh, 35. By this, Jesus is talking again, it's read. By this, all people will know that you are my disciples if you have love, agape, for one another. Not phileo for one another, agape for one another. Not friendship, but unconditional love for one another. The world knows conditional friendship, but it doesn't know agape. Agape has been so noted over the decades and centuries as life-changing. Uh, gosh, I remember one story I never forgot. Back in the, I don't know if this was the 1300s or the 1400s, maybe 1300s, the Santa Baptist was running from, uh, I don't know if it was a Roman Catholic sheriff sent after him because of their faith. Anyway, he was going to try to capture the guy and uh, put him on trial for being an Anabaptist. Okay. So, I think, I think it was a Dutch uh, theologian. And he's running after this guy, and there was this pond that had ice on it. The, the, uh, the, uh, the Anabaptist got over the pond, but the sheriff sent by the other church fell into the ice water. And the Anabaptist looked at him, and he knew, this guy's dead. He ain't going to arrest me. And he could easily run. But he knew if he didn't leave, if he left, the guy was going to die. So he reached back in and pulled him out of the water to save his life. And the guy arrested him immediately. And he ended up dying for his faith. Agape love compelled him to save that man. Now, phileo love, that was broken a long time ago with this guy running after me. But agape love compelled him to pull that guy out of the water. How could he not? And it sent him to his death. And he was honored to be a martyr for the Lord. Agape love is what we're always after. They'll know us by our agape love, not by our phileo. So as we bring this to a close tonight here, um, we need to begin this friendship love towards the Father, phileo, when we have our communion with him in our prayer. Uh, he matures our love to an agape that will be unselfish in our actions towards others in the days ahead. We have Christian love, Philadelphia, towards the brethren, but a re filial relationship with the Father and the body of Christ out of this new agape that Father God has in us that will be known to all men, that we are disciples of Jesus. Then we have been matured. You know, I've heard it said once, I love it, the expression, if I was ever put on trial one day for being a Christian, would there be enough evidence to find me guilty? So how am I living my life today? Hopefully, I'm piling evidence. Hopefully. Last scripture here we want to uh, come to an end here with is uh, Ephesians chapter 3, verse 17. So that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you would be rooted and grounded in agape love. We need phileo love, folks, but it doesn't ground us. 
Agape grounds us. You're not going to start there, although it's in you, it's going to grow out of you. If you, in your fellowship with the Father, in your fellowship with phileo love with the Father, He will grow agape in you, or I become less and Jesus becomes greater. Really, He never will force you to do that. It's your choice and my choice. What will I do with my time? Will time with the Father be a priority? He's watching, He's waiting, but He'll never force us. Never. Never condemn us if we don't. Never. He's, but his eyes do look to and fro to see who really want him. And most people in general, from century to century, they want the things of God. They don't want the person of God. How far short do we fall as, as the body of Christ over the years for what we really could have, a relationship with the Father and what he could do with those who have a great relationship with him. Because I believe those that he has used in a great and mighty way in revivals and in great uh, uh, evangelistic work and uh, great pastoral work have been people that have had a phileo relationship with the Father. That's really what we want. I hope you do. We need to grow in that together. Let's pray here. Father God, we thank you for this time tonight, Lord, that we would um, be a people, Father God, leaving here wanting a relationship with you a friendship with you, a phileo love relationship with you. We thank you, Father, for agape shed in our hearts, because if you hadn't done this, we could not have it. But because you have done this, you grow us into this agape, that we would be people to be used of you one day as those that have been noticed to have been with Jesus, lovers of men's souls and lovers uh, who have agape in their hearts. We thank you for this, Father God, in these days ahead, that we would grow in that relationship. Lead us by your Spirit, we ask. We submit ourselves to you tonight for that. And we thank you that you would hear us. In Jesus' name, amen.